Well, hello, 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 gentlemen of Linfield High School, Linfield Public Schools, Linfield Basketball, and um, general teachers, <coughs> excuse me, and humans involved in the educational world. I am your commissioner of the LHSF. HL, the Linfield High School Fantasy Hoops League, our inaugural, inaugural year. And I am here today to do a season preview and draft recap. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do. I've decided to step in to um, the new millennium. We're nearing even a new decade. So we've moved away from these strange things called blogs and Word documents, and we've moved on to podcasts. Um, Scott McKenzie, Bill Wallace, guys like you, um, uh, maybe even Mike Beerworth. Um, I'm not sure you know what um, podcasts are, but once you get this, you just got to click on the link, click play, and hear my melodious voice. So um, let's get down to this. Enough talking. I hate grab ass when it comes to the blog. Um, so really straightforward. What I'm going to do today is I am going to give a rundown of each team in our league. Um, there's going to be a good, a bad, a best pick, a worst pick, a um, best case scenario for your squad, and a worst case scenario for your squad, and a wild card that's going to decide your specific case and scenario. Additionally, I uh, plan on having... Giving odds to every team, and uh, if you want to take those odds, maybe taking a low-stakes bet um, on those odds as to whether or not uh, you will, in fact, win the title. So that's a fun thing. I've done that in the past with uh, a few of these, and um, it can be enjoyable. Give you one more reason to root against me. Um, so like I said, I just sort of ran down the categories we'll do, but I'm going to go um, back to front, uh, 14 to uh, first, uh, back to front. I think there's a Michael Scott joke in there, maybe that's what she said. Um, and so, like I said, we'll just run down each team. I got to be honest, there's, um, given that this could be the first foray for people into an NBA fantasy draft, uh, into a fantasy draft period, I know a lot of you have done football, have done baseball, and I've uh, done it for many years, so you get that. But it can be different um, with basketball, with so few players, with deep rosters. And if you haven't done a fantasy league in a while, that can be tough too. But honestly, people did a great job. Um, there are some solid teams. People did some things really effectively and really well. Um, there were some clunkers, and I'll be sure to uh, have a good time picking on those um, clunkers that are out there. There are certainly some strange picks. Damn, our league loves their rookies. I got to say that. Um, can't believe how many of these guys went. I think these are the these are the spots. These are the flaws where we have challenges um, with the NBA as it relates to the NFL because the NFL can have a rookie come in and rush for. 1,200 yards, um, get 300 touches, all of that. We see that wide receivers. We see that with running backs. We see that all the time. Uh, that doesn't happen in basketball. There, um, It doesn't happen very often at all. Your Donovan Mitchells are few and far between. Even someone like Giannis, Kawhi, those guys who drafted in later, uh, later picks of the first round. 
They didn't do much their first couple of years, so I think we're going to have um, some laughter at a few of the guys that were picked uh, today. So let's get right down to it. The first group of three teams are what I'm calling the bottom of the barrel. These teams aren't going to sniff a playoff spot. They're going to have a rough time all year. I'm pretty convinced of that. And um, in saying this, I also just, just want to say, you know, there are no hard feelings here, gentlemen. There's only 14 teams. Somebody has to finish in first. Somebody has to finish in last. And um, it's not my desire to offend or bother anyone whatsoever. So uh, with that said, finishing last is our guy, one of our uh, newer guys emerging here on the scene. He speaks Spanish better than I do, but he can't draft the team for shit. Uh, Paul Burdett is going to be coming in um, at 14th. Um, first of all, looking at Paul's team, here's the good. His uh, free throws and threes are going to be real solid. He's going to be competitive in those categories um, every week. He's going to score the ball a little bit. Even you know some of his second-tier guys, guy like Julius Randle, um, guy like uh, Chris Middleton, Eric Gordon's going to put up a few points on that team. Um, um, even somebody like TJ Warren, a different, a different, um, a different look there in Indiana. Of course, Indiana's without Oladipo. Indiana is, um, is without Brogdon, so they're going to need some scoring and, and somebody like Warren could do that um, and so again I, I, I did like some things Paul tried he took a lot of gambles he took a lot of high risk high reward guys maybe Carson Edwards is the new microwave um, maybe RJ Barrett does emerge uh, for the Knicks. Maybe John ja Morant turns himself into a uh, ten assist a night guy uh, for our Grizzlies, who are who are going to be tanking and who are going to play him. So he did. He took some good gambles on uh, gambles, not gambles. Um, I believe that's a pavilion, isn't it? Um, so the bad for Pauly B, this is what's going to put him in 14th place. He just has too many bench guys. Not only is a guy like Nurkic out, but Dinwiddie, Schroeder, Gibson, Lopez, Korver, Edwards. These are guys hard bench, attached to the bench like my ass in 1992 on our baseball state tournament run, attached at Burlington, attached to the fucking bench, hardcore. Um, the only difference is that Carson Edwards and Kyle Korver actually might play a minute or two as opposed to the zero that I did. Um, but honestly, you know, a guy like Kyle Korver, he's had good years in the past. But this is what this is what you got to do in fantasy. You got to look at playing time. You got to look at options. You got to look at who's out there, who's doing what. Um, Corbin's not going to do much. He's going to play 14 minutes. Taj Gibson's going to play 18 minutes. The Knicks are loaded. We know they're a power forward. So it's just a lot. There were some really bad picks um, there by Pauly. And then in addition, it's just bigs are really weak. Um, he's going to get killed in rebounds and blocks. Um, Julius Randle plays plays basically. There's not maybe a harder below-the-rim player um, in all of basketball, uh, especially now that Glenn Davis is gone. But uh, Randle's not going to get any blocks. And uh, Pauly doesn't have a guy here who's, who's going to average um, 10 rebounds. So he's going to get crushed in those categories. And then by extension, he's got a team, when you have those rookies, they're going to be really bad at the percentages. They're going to suck from the fields. They're going to turn the ball over, and they're just really going to lack in efficiency. So those are some rough picks there um, for Pauly. His best pick, 
I just talked about him a little bit, TJ Warren in the seventh round. He's going to score. He's going to hit his free throws. He's going to chip in with rebounds. And uh, he's going to be big without Oladipo. So I really like this uh, Warren pick there in the seventh round. His worst pick is Chris Middleton. Classic sort of like, hey, I know Chris Middleton. You know, he's pretty good in the playoffs. He fucking assassinated the Celtics two years ago. Um, But the tough thing about Chris Middleton is that, you know, you have Giannis hoarding the ball. And Milwaukee spreads the ball around a little bit. They have different guys who can score. So it's not like he's a he's a um, Dwayne Wade to LeBron James back in the Heat days. You know, Middleton's mid- minutes have also ticked down with Milwaukee rolling through the East. They sit a lot of guys in the fourth quarter. So he used to be a 34-minute guy. He's now at like 31. I think he could average 19 points and a couple threes. Um, but, you know, his field goal percentage isn't going to be great. And some of his other counting stats just aren't going to be that great. So I think um, Paul could have waited 30 rounds there. In my opinion, it would have made a lot more sense for his team build, um, if this makes sense, to take uh, to take a couple of different guys in that situation. So, you know, for him, he's taken Middleton, and um, he's pairing Middleton up in those situations. He's got Middleton going with, uh, sorry here, he's got Middleton going with Leonard and, and Tatum, and that's just too many guys who do similar things. He should have... Um, taking uh, Triple J, Aldridge, Love, Griffin, Capella, Adebayo, any one of those guys. And if Middleton isn't still there in the fourth round, maybe he grabs Tobias or Gallo. So that's a team build for me. Uh, Best case for Pauly is that uh, Morant and Barrett uh, pop. They do their thing. They go crazy. They have a huge year. They finish uh, 1-3 in Rookie of the Year, or even 1-2, now that um, now that my guy Zion's out for a while. And uh, and Julius Randle booms. There's potential for him to do that. There's potential for Randle on that shit-ass Knicks team. Shout out to you, Mike, uh, to go something like 21-10 or something like that. Again, I don't necessarily see it, but maybe he could. Maybe he goes 24-10. and 10. Um, I saw some projection sites, which I think are for shit, but they go there. Um, and then maybe Kyrie's pussy-ass face gets hurt and Dinwiddie plays. So there's some potential and some wiggle room there for Paul, but I just don't think it's enough. His worst case is this, 14th place, last. See you later. Uh, see, you, see you later, Paulie. Um, uh, thanks for joining. Maybe you'll uh, get us next year. Wild card is Morant. Uh, the season basically hinges on him. Uh, Paul needs Morant to be huge. Um, there's just no other way around it. He needs him to go 19-9, 28, something like that. Morant's a pretty good rebounder for his side. He needs him to get steals, which can be tough for rookies. Morant wasn't a great free throw shooter, but he needs him to improve in that. So the whole thing uh, hinges there. Our number 13... Uh, by the way, I put um, Paulie's odds to win the whole thing at 15 to 1. Paul, 15 to 1 uh, on your odds to win the whole thing. Uh, coming in in 13th place, guy can coach the shit out of a Cape Ann basketball team, but he cannot for his life draft a fantasy team and that would be one Scott McKenzie um, so the good on Scott's team is uh, is his guard play and um, his defensive statistics they're going to be solid they're 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 going to be really good um, he's loaded there he's he's in he's in um, really good shape when you look at his guards he's he sort of like loaded up on guards um, obviously in the first two rounds even some of his bigs do guard like things um, they shoot some threes a guy like uh, a guy like um, a guy like Josh Richardson uh, might even get some assists he's going to handle the ball so he's doing really well there 
Um, the other thing, too, is he's got guys who are going to play. And this matters in fantasy. This matters. You can't have a guy um, in crunch time who's a sixth man because he might not be out there getting the minutes you need to get. Might get 24 minutes when someone in a close game um, that a team needs to win or wants to win is getting 38 minutes or something like that. Beal Holiday, Jackson, Isaac, Richardson, Dellen Wright, Marcus Gasol, Blake Griffin, Ananubi now even, Winslow. These guys are going to play. They're going to see minutes. They're going to start. And that's great news um, for Scott. The bad news, um, the bad news, uh, like, um, like, uh, is the case with um, Pauly. Um, Scott has some huge problems with bigs. He has no guy by my count. I'd be willing to take a side bet on this. Uh, Ten bucks. He has nobody on his team who will average eight rebounds a year this year. I'm really confident in saying that. I know it's um, prickish to act like that, but he's not going to. Um, his field goals and free throws, uh, they, they, could, they could be a mess here. Um, you know, a guy like Josh Richardson might shoot for 43% from the field. Marcus Gasol's turned into a chucka. Blake Griffin's turned into a chucka. Justice Winslow. These guys, they're going to shoot really poor percentages. Kevin Knox was a disaster last year in limited minutes. Um, and then his free throws. Guy, uh, guy like Drew Holiday, he gets to the line a lot. Jaron Jackson, they get to the line a lot, but they don't shoot 85%. They shoot more like 77, 78. That shit kills you. Winslow was 61 last year. He's rolling the dice on Fultz. We know we know the problem with Fultz at the free throw line. You know, Fultz will will be great if he shoots um, 62%, but is he going to get to 62%? That's the question. Um, so a lot of problems there. And um, and and for me, that's really what's going to kill Scott. He's going to do you know he's going to do pretty well in in a couple of categories. Uh, he's going to score. He's going to hit some threes. Uh, you know, he's going to get some assists. But then there are other areas where he's really going to struggle. And then the back end of his bench is is. Fultz, Knox, Chris, Iguodala. Um, is Iguodala alive? Do we know this? Did he report to camp? Is he dead? Marquise Chris, what is he, the fourth center um, over there on Golden State? So, it, you know, you could say they're good gambles, but uh, but yeah, those are going to be rough when you got to plug and play those guys in there. Um, the best pick for Scott, even though I was just trashing him for not being a good rebounding big, is Marcus Saul. I have no idea how Marcus Saul lasted this long. Classic fantasy thing we all do. You know, we take we take the uh, we, we take the uh, Pettis wide receiver over the Larry Fitzgerald. We want we want the potential, we want the talent, but instead we ignore just the consistent vet who's going to get um, plenty of minutes. And for Marcus Saul to go in round nine was was uh, was pretty incredible in that situation so I thought that was a great pick um, by Scott uh, and you know he'll sit he'll have load management but he's going to stuff the stat sheet as well uh, on plenty of nights worst pick uh, Justice Winslow I actually really like Justice Winslow but this is a classic classic sort of like poor team build on Scott's part he's loaded at the shooting guard small forward power forward position Richardson Isaac um, Holiday, Jackson, Beal. These guys are going to do a lot of same things as Winslow. Um, I know Scott likes Winslow's position versatility. He could play the point. 
all of those things rolled together. But I would have I, I would have waited here and gone with someone like Favors, Collins, Whiteside, Looney, gone with another big to roll the dice on in that situation. And then weirdly, I'm, I, I like Miami, and I think they're going to be pretty good fantasy-wise, but I think they could have some nights where those second-tier guys are going to have a rough go of it. Um, just because there's some mouths to feed there with um, with uh, Butler, Dragic, um, Harrow, um, you know Richardson, uh, Johnson, um, uh, uh, not only James, but they they got that other younger guy um, over there now too. These guys could see minutes. Even our guy Dion Waiters, Chucka Dion Waiters, you know he sometimes weirdly sees minutes. Um, so that's 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 a little bit of a rough pick for Scott. Uh, for me, the best pay, uh, best case scenario is Scott's young uh, guys. They pop. Um, guys like uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., he has the John Collins uh, explosion from last year who went 20-10. and 10. So I think something like that is is a very realistic possibility. And then Isaac. Isaac's long been a sleeper. Defensive stats. Can uh, can Isaac get to 14-8 with, with three combined blocks and steals a game? Something like that. So I like some of those. Um, Dellen Wright, Ananubi, Fultz. Knox, these guys, do they all take that next step? I personally don't think they all will roll together. I would have preferred if Scott took two or three of these guys and mixed in a few more vets, maybe a couple bigs that I mentioned before. But alas, he did not. And um, and like any post Billy Arsenal team, uh, you know Scott's going to struggle because of that, uh, which leads us to his worst case. He's going to ride this group of chuckers um, and uh, and guys who rebound like me, fucking trying to grab one off sack on Tuesday and Friday mornings, which for the record always went poorly with me doing a pull up on Sack's arm um, that's what his guys are going to do they're not going to get any rebounds and, and he's going to ride these guys to um, last place uh, but I still think he has a, an outside shot to j- slip up there and jump up a little bit uh, if some of his other guys pan out and he can get into the playoffs wild card for me on a newbie I know it's trendy when you're looking at guys on the same team same style um, Siakam took that huge jump last year Siakam was a late round guy last year on a newbie, it's it's a lot to ask him to do uh, what Siakam did last year, but he could do something like that, and that's going to be huge for Scott if if he can just pile up minutes and stuff the stat sheet. And uh, and and people out there like him, the NBA likes him, and uh, he has potential to do some things there. Coming in at twelfth is a uh, rather another relatively uh, newbie here to uh, Linfield, um, and that would be one Curtis Blyden. Uh, Curtis um, came in doing what a lot of us do, had his eye on guys that he likes in particular and that he's a fan of. He likes their game. He clearly identified specific people, which is great because it means he did his homework, but it's also really bad because it means he did the wrong homework. Um, you know, he was assigned page 78 and he did page 342. So um, his good is that he's going to hit threes. Uh, he's going to take care of the ball. He's in a situation where he doesn't have um, he doesn't have a great deal of guys who are going to turn the ball over probably because when you're sitting on the bench you're not going to turn the ball over but um, but he he's he's really good in a couple of those categories and then despite me just teasing him there sorry Curtis um, I do like the huge gambles he took and this is what you got to do in fantasy 
fantasy. You, you know, maybe these guys blow up. Maybe a guy like Kevin Huerta. Maybe a guy like Maxi Kleber. Maybe a guy like uh, Ivaka Zubac. Okay, Dylan Brooks, Malik Beasley. Like I love. You know, Denver's got a funky rotation. They have guys who get hurt. You know, if if anybody out there can pop like that, then he's going to be in a really really good situation. Um, so I do like I do like what Curtis uh, did there. Like Scott, I think he took too many gambles. I would have uh, you know I would have liked to seen him you know mix in a leg day there and and throw in maybe an older guy to go with those younger guys. Um, uh, um, but he does. He has some guys here too um, in Doncic, Adebayo, um, Collins, guys like that who can really stuff the stat sheet, do a couple things. So uh, so those were the good there. The bad is really his depth. Um, you know, I'm congratulating him on that move. But at the same time, he took a lot of chances. That's an enormous amount of chances. Even Doncic in the first round, Adams in the second round, and some of those guys that I just mentioned late. You know, those are big chances. And... Um, um, you might be more. You might be better off to just take a more well-established guy than all of these chances. So I think that that, that depth is really going to hurt him, and um, he's just missing you know one or two more solid studs. I, you know, I love somebody like McCollum. I love somebody like Gallinari. I love guys like that. I think they're great. They're great fourth or fifth guys on your team, but you got to mix other people up in there, which I don't think um, Curtis did. Um, <clears throat> So I also um, I also uh, think he did make a great pick, his best pick easily for me, Zach Collins. Um, Hassan Whiteside could be the fat fucking lazy uh, Hassan Whiteside that we've seen for so many years with the heat, uh, eating fucking sandwiches when he should be grabbing boards and swatting shots. Nurchich is going to be out. There's no plan for him. No one knows what's going on with Nurchich. So I think Collins is, could be awesome. He had an awesome close to um, the 2018-2019 season. He hits threes. He rebounds. Um, really good pick there by Curtis, and I thought a lot of us let him slip by. His worst pick is Steve Adams. I love Steve Adams. I'm buying into the Steve Adams, uh, uh, being more of a go-to guy on OKC, being a little part of a lob city uh, with Chris Paul um, and uh, and and Shea, uh, SGA, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I do. I, I, I like that, but it's just too early. In the second round, you know, there's a lot. There's there's Adams is going to be there one more round. He's going to be there later. If he's not there one more round, he's going to be there two more rounds. Um, so I did. I just thought it was a lot. And so in a situation like that, is is uh, would Curtis have be better suited taking a guy like if he wanted a big John Collins? Is he better off taking you know Andre Drummond? DeAndre Ayton, Miles Turner, anybody just a little bit more consistent like that, and then coming back and grabbing Stephen Adams um, later in the draft. So, um, uh, uh, so I don't like that pick at all. Even though I think he'll be ha- have a decent year. Um, the best case for Curtis is, uh, in the words of Skid Row, the youth goes wild. Um, his team, uh, they all they all stack up on one another, and they end up having a really really good year combined. Doncic takes a step. Adebayo takes a step. Collins, like I just said, is huge. Maxi Kleber, Zubac, Beasley. I love Beasley. Like I said, maybe somebody gets hurt there. Maybe there's a trade in Denver. There's a lot of whispers about a trade for Denver. Are they done with Gary Harris? Are they done with Jamal Murray? And does Malik Beasley step in there and see a lot of minutes? I know that Denver um, likes him. Uh, you know, I, I, I know this because I work for the fucking Denver newspapers. Please. I read it in a stupid blog somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I think that that could definitely happen. And, uh, you know, 
Adebayo takes that full Chris Bosh jump and, and launches Curtis um, up the uh, up the ladder of the standings and into the playoffs. Worst case, um, the lack of the big-name talent just kills Curtis all year. He's scraping the waiver wire. He's running guys in and out of his lineup, and it just doesn't work out. Um, like I said, you know, you need those studs. You need those, you know, I, I think in other fantasy leagues, they just call them the plug-and-play guys, and Curtis needed to do that in that situation. Um, his wild card, I had his wild card at uh, Anthony Simons. I think he's already dropped him. So um, I'm going to go with his wild card uh, being, who I've talked about sort of a lot here, is Zach Collins. If Zach Collins takes that leap and is a beast and gets up uh, gets up to 16-10 without Nurch and without um, Fat Fuck uh, Whiteside in there, then I think that that could be huge and exactly what um, Curtis is looking for. I perk Curtis's odds to uh, win this thing at 12-1. to um, I think I forgot to give Scott's. I put Scott's also at 12 to 1 there. So I think both those guys, uh, you know, are not going to uh, sniff the championship. But, um, you know, hopefully they'll have fun when we hang out at Chili's. Um, Battling for the playoffs, the next group here. I know that, uh, you know, he had some funny comments about his team on uh, the text stream. But um, Billy Wallace came in, did a great job. Um, I really like some of the balance that Bill has on his team. While he may not dominate any specific category... He is going to be a little balanced in um, across the board. He has really no place other than maybe blocks, which we'll get to, where he's going to take a bath. Um, but he's going to be pretty good at points. He's going to be pretty good at rebounds. He's going to be pretty good at assists. And then he's going to hang in there and stuff like steals, threes, field goal percentage. So I think that, that he's in a good uh, uh, shape there. Unlike uh, Curtis and unlike uh, a little bit of, of what we talked about with um, with uh, Scott and Paul, Bill has like a nice mix of like upside gambles coupled with just solid established vets like Embiid, Westbrook, wet, you know, that that's a good spot. DeRozan, we all overlook DeRozan. I know the threes aren't there, but these guys, these guys play, they get enormous minutes. Guy like Paul Millsap, like veteran, I know there's a lot of touches in Denver, but Millsap can have nights where he goes 14 and 10 with two steals and two blocks. Like, I really like that mix of guys. And then blended in there are some, not rookies, but second, third, fourth year guys who are looking to take that leap. Buddy Heald, you know, I hear, oh, Buddy Heald could be Steph Curry, and I think that's fucking stupid. But Buddy Heald's going to be good. Malcolm Brogdon, he's now in a different situation in Indiana. He's not in the shadow of Giannis. Oladipo's gone. Bogdanovich is gone. It's just a really good mix um, that Bill had there, and I think a few of those guys could emerge. Uh, the bad, anytime you're solid in anything, you're just not crushing any one category. So Bill just can't wake up um, you know, on Sunday morning, the last day of the week, knowing he has you know, X category one, which is always nice because you want to know you have that wrapped up when you're in a, a nine-category league. So he's going, uh, he, he's, he's going to be fighting every week, which means he could have a tough 5-4 loss. If he has a bad week, he could have a 7-2 loss. You just never know in situations like that. Um, he's a little weak in threes. I had mentioned blocks. His blocks is, or his blocks are going to be a mess. He's not going to do much in that category. Um, you know, you can't cover everything. And um, then, man, could he brick free throws. He has some fucking shuckers uh, at the free throw line here. You know, obviously Dwight Howard's just sort of the easy example. But a guy like Willie Cauley-Stein was really bad from the line last year. Uh, 
Montrezl Harrell was bad from the line last year. Westbrook. Guy, guy goes to the line fucking 14 times a night sometimes. And uh, and and he can really, really be rough from the line. He hasn't figured that out from, from um, what he was a few years ago. So that's really going to hurt him. And then as good as all of his solid veterans are, he just didn't take a gamble. I could have used one or two young gambles there. Instead, his bench is filled with, you know, Cauley Stein, who's split in time. Montrezl Harrell, split in time. Hardaway, uh, you know, it's Hardaway even starting. Porzingis and Doncic are there now, taking up a lot of touches. They like their young guys and Powell and Kleber. Um, and then Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza, these guys are washed. So I would have preferred maybe in a situation like that if, if Billy tried to go young and tried to grab uh, somebody, maybe a Malik Monk, maybe a Will Barton, just somebody like that to see if, if he could have spiced up his team a little bit. His best pick, Malcolm Brogdon at 75. He could have gone 25 spots higher. Ball's going to be in his hands. He's a guard who shoots really well from the field. Um, He could be a 50% shooter this year, 49%, something like that. He fucking snipes three throws and protects the ball. Just solid. He should have probably went a little bit higher um, in our league. Worst pick, Montrezl Harrell. Classic example of just not doing your homework, Bill. Come on. You know, you'd give a kid zero right on Google Classroom for not fucking finishing that lab. And you should have done the Montrezl Harrell um, homework here because, you know, Leonard, George, these guys are all going to take up touches. And, um, you know, Zubac is starting out there now. So what's Harrell going to do? Is is he going to even have close to the year he had last year? And he really tailed off at the end of the year. So that's a bad pick. Um, the best case for Billy is uh, his mid-tier guys pop and bring Billy right to the playoffs. Bogdanovich, Brogdon, Prince, Cauley Stein, these guys do really, really well. Maybe Howard gets some sneaky minutes on, on L.A. when their other turd bigs fall apart. Davis sits some nights. And, uh, and you know, maybe Ariza. It sounds like Sacramento's rotation is a little bit dicey. Does Ariza play? Does Ariza get some minutes? So these mid-tier guys really have to pop for Billy, and I think there's potential that they could. And um, that'll lead Billy right into the playoffs. Worst case... <clears throat> Um, I hate when people use injuries, like because fucking injuries can happen to anyone. Ask me is when when I get to my team. Thanks, Zion. Um, but anyways, injuries can happen to anyone. But you know, Embiid. I mean, we know his struggles. Uh, we know his struggles with injury. Um, a guy like Ariza, Hardaway, Collie Stein's already heard hurt. Millsap missed a bunch of games. Torian Prince has missed a lot of games last year. Um, guys like that, they can really hurt your team. And and why I'm saying, obviously, that injuries are going to affect Bill is because he doesn't have the depth for that plug-and-play guy to be able to put in there and, um, in that in that situation. And um, then, you know, Westbrook's a big gamble. Can he coexist with Harden there? Will it be too much or will the whole, uh, whole thing fall apart on Bill? So he could uh, sink easily to four 14th place and get um, and, and get Pauly B out of that spot. The wild card on this team is going to be Torian Prince. It was only 2017, 2018 that he was a top 100 guy. Um, 15, 5, 3 with solid free throws, solid steals, solid threes. Can he get back there? Can he get back there? No Durant. Um, you know, you got Kyrie. Um, you got Levert. But they're going to be looking for a third option there. Can he get back to some of those 15-5 numbers? Um, coming in 10th place, another uh, one of our new friends on the list. Do I have new guy bias? Do I hate millennials? 
Is this my fucking problem? Do I hate millennials? Maybe I do. I think I do. I think I do. I'm the oldest guy here. Classic Gen X. Maybe I hate millennials. But uh, coming in at 10th is Tim. Um, I do like something, just like everybody. I, I really like some things that, that Tim tried. And um, I, I do think he made a few really good gambles um, with his team. I think that late he made too many gambles. Um, I think he is the only guy with three real-life hardcore rookies on his team. Um, I could be wrong about that, but, uh, but I, you know, Hunter Walker, Reddish, those are, um, Alexander Walker, I mean, and Reddish, those are three rookies, and um, I don't think anybody else has that. But the good is Tim's guard situation. It's solid. He's going to score. He's going to get dimes. He's going to get steals. Um, uh, you know, his assists and steal numbers are going to be crazy. Sort of the opposite of Bill. He's going to have those two categories locked down almost weekly. And then by extension, anytime you have good guard play, you're going to have uh, some guys shooting really well from the free throw line, um, which he's going to have uh, in that situation. So his free throws might be pretty good. And then, like I said, he's going to score a little. Um, and uh, I do like what he did with some of his high upside guys. Um, a guy like I absolutely love, De'Aaron Fox. I fucking love Zach Levine. He might have been overdrafted a little, but I love him. I love, I uh, well, I think I hate him, but I love what he could potentially do in Lonzo Ball. I don't hate Lonzo. I hate his dad. Um, but but I really like it. those three guys there, Fox, Levine, Ball. They're three awesome gambles. If one of them really pops, Tim can deal them. You know, they're going to do slightly similar things, but I love guys um, like that in those situations, and I think they could play way above their ADP uh, come the end of the year. The bad, um, with good guards, comes some suspect big men, and Tim's big man situation is a fucking disaster. Um, Vucevic, we love Vuce, great guy Vuce. Um, We just wish he wasn't a shady Eastern European. Uh, You know, he's probably rigging elections and shit like that, but um, um, uh, we do love him. He does do well. But Tim didn't pair Vucevic with anybody. The next center he grabbed was um, Enos the Penis Cantor, who isn't going to get blocks, who might not even start, who um, doesn't get any defensive stats. He's going to be a mess in the Stevens system. So really, he didn't pair him with anybody. He's got DeAndre Jordan, too. But DeAndre Jordan's going to be split in time with Jared Allen. So the rebound, um, the rebound uh, block thing is going to be a, a real crisis situation for Tim. And then by extension, when you have that, the field goal percentage is going to be awful. And um, and you couple a lot of guard play with with a uh, with with some young guys who might not be ready, then you're going to be in a uh, rough situation. And um, his threes aren't good. He had one guy. Uh, he's got one guy who's trending to average um, even over two threes, and that's Zach Levine. Maybe he shoots up to th- three a game or something like that. But he has no one else there. Maybe Batum has some potential to get to. Maybe Wes Matthews. But um, I count. Uh, if, please, I'm not counting on Batum and Matthews. Um, um, the best case, it, I'm sorry, the uh, best pick, uh, Ricky Rubio in the eighth round. It's really hard to find assists. Um, he's better than guys who went before him. Um, and Dellen Wright, Marcus Smart, Fred Van Vliet. So uh, I just really thought it was surprising that Rubio is still there. Again, maybe it's old guy bias. I fucking hate Rip- Ricky Rubio. He's on shitty team Spain, which I actually think is my least favorite team in the history of sports. Uh, Spain, uh, Gasol, Rubio. Please, give me a break. Um, Win something. Um, But anyways, I do hate Rubio, but I do think he is of value in fantasy. Like I said, uh, those those assists are going to come late. He's going to be weirdly 
leader and getting a lot of minutes on that uh, on that Phoenix team. I know the ball is going to be in Booker's hands, but. I still like it. Uh, his worst pick, Enos Cantor. I just said it. Um, it was too early. He may not start. He gets no defensive stats. I know we like his double-double potential, but there's a lot more than that um, uh, when it comes to hoops. I, I mean, I think they could play small. They, they could have, they could have uh, Tice out there in the closing, uh, in the closing minutes, uh, the closing squad, um, you know, the fourth quarter, all of that. So, so I think Cantor is a bad, bad homer tick, Tim. Uh, bad homer pick. I mean, Tim, come on, get out of where you from? Haverhill, Halston, come on, get out of there and pick pick a non-Celtic. Uh, best case for Tim, these young guys he's got to merge and they become top fifty players. Um, you know, Ball, Fox, they become all-star type players. Um, I don't like when people uh, speak in cliches and oh, he's going to be an all-star. It's hard to make the all-star team. It's hard to make the all-star teams. 24 guys with injury, 30 guys. It's hard to make the all-star team. I'm not saying Ball and Fox will. Um, I think there's a potential for Fox, too. But these guys need to burst for Tim to uh, have a best-case scenario and, um, and vault him into the playoffs. Another huge guy for Tim here who's got who's to burst is Karis LeVert. Um, people love LeVert. LeVert's numbers last year were good. Can he do a 25-5? I, I know there are literally five guys in basketball history who've done 25-5, so that's a lot, and, and, and that's aggressive, but I, but I think everybody understands my hyperbole. Maybe he goes 19, 4.5, 4.5, and, a half, four and, a half. and uh, if that can happen, Tim's going to be in real good shape. Uh, worst case, none of these guys jump. Uh, Ball, we find out, is a turkey. Fox is a little overrated and um, was overdrafted. Uh, Levert can't coexist out there with the backcourt. Irving, Dinwiddie, Torian Prince we mentioned um he just there's not enough touches there for him and uh his old guys Batum and Matthews don't do anything and uh and Tim falls down there into the late uh into the late 13 14 something like that wild card I talked about him ad nauseum uh De'Aaron Fox the buzz is out everyone loves De'Aaron Fox the question is can he go 22 and 10 uh that's asking a lot and I know but these are the years that some of those guards jump up to that can he go 22 and 10 with three Three steals, two steal with a three and two steals a night. I mean that's that shit's going to be huge if it can happen. I put Tim at uh, uh, Tim's uh, ten to one to win the whole thing. Um, another guy is going to be fighting for the playoffs here is our uh, buddy down in the math department, um, Chris Sakalakis. Chris, um, you know, he's had himself a big year. You know, weddings, moves, children. So maybe he couldn't do some of the draft prepar- uh, preparation he had hoped, but he still came through with a really solid team. And in these spots here, guys, you know, when I say Chris is going to finish in ninth, you know, I got to pick somebody ninth. Would it surprise me if Chris Chris finished eighth, seventh in the playoffs and pulls off a, a seven? to uh, opening round upset? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all because his team's pretty good. Would it surprise me if he finished 13th? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all there. Um, but Chris has a an interesting mix. He has a lot of guys on his team who are like sort of quasi-starters, sixth men, who are like an injury away or like a bounce-back year away from just fucking exploding. And uh, sometimes it's really worth taking the gamble on guys like that. So um, what I like about Chris's team is he's pretty solid in all nine categories. Um, he's, re- you know, you, you look at how his categories shape up and how they're projected. And, you know, short of some problems in threes, um, he is he's, he's really not going to take a significant beating in some categories. Maybe his rebounds and steals are a little light, but his starters numbers are pretty good there. 
and um, he's he does have also some quality strengths. He's going to score. He's going to he's going to get assists. Um, his field goal percentage is going to be bonkers. He's going to have blocks. He's going to be in all the mix here without really getting fucking uh, bitch slapped in any category in any situation. Um, <clears throat> So uh, so his team, you know, when you look at the names on his team, they're not flashy, but they're solid. You know, there's no high upside gambles, but you got LeBron. We know what LeBron does. I don't have to talk about him. Mike Conley, Gordon Hayward, who anyone who's ever listened to me talk for one second knows my thoughts on Gordon Hayward. But we also know where Gordon Hayward was when he was in Utah. He's one of the most solid players in basketball, um, utterly consistent. You know, so these guys, Lou Williams, Lou Williams is, he just finds a way. Even his late round picks like Reggie Jack. Reggie Jackson's going to start for that dumb Detroit team. Um, Guys like that, these guys can be solid. They've done it in the past. They might not be sexy, but they're underrated veterans. And we know I like my underrated veterans. Um, The bad is just no gambles. Is the squad too vanilla? Is it too boring? You know, we got his his bench has guys like... His guys like... um, Avery Bradley, uh, Luke Kennard, like guys like this. Kelly Olenek, uh, Jinglin' Joe Ingles. You know, are these guys like... Are they just too boring? Yeah, they're going to play. They're going to get minutes. But are they really going to pop? Are any of these guys going to take the next step? Have we seen the best of Joe Ingles? Have we seen the best of Avery Bradley? We know what Kelly Olenek was. We had to sit here and watch fucking his puke-awful game. Uh, even though he won Game 7, right? Did he won Game 7 against Washington? The Kelly Olenek game? So he had that. So Kelly, can't hate on you there. Um, so so he, he's, he's, he needs some of these... Limited bench guys with no upside to do something. He's gonna need him. Uh, he's gonna need him to win. So, uh, so you know, those are some of my those are some of my thoughts there. He's also I had talked he'll be pretty good in rebounds and blocks, but it's also a gamble. It's also a gamble. Mitchell Robinson, Fisdale plays funky with those lineups. He might not get the minutes you're looking for. Jared Allen, we talked about. He might not get the minutes you're looking for um, with the timeshare with DeAndre Jordan. Uh, so I'm a little worried about those guys. A little worried about what they can do. Um, you know, I do think they can. I, I do think they have the potential for it. But I'm already worried about Mitchell Robinson and and what's going on there in New York. Uh, shout out to you, Bearworth. Nice uh, fucking organization. Maybe the worse in sports um best pick Colin Sexton um Colin Sexton is not overly intriguing he is not anyone who you see a bust or uh or a bust out season or anything like that but he's a guy who could potentially get 19 points two and a half three threes a night couple rebounds couple couple assists you know he's not going to kill you um at the free throw line in fact he could get up 86 87 percent he might not shoot he might not shoot great from the floor but he's still not an utter disaster because there's going to be a lot of catch and shoot situations will he have a little secondary ball handling so i like sexton i uh, again he sort of fits chris's boring team I like him way more than than uh, Rose, Barrett, Wiggins, Harrow. Those are guys who all went before Colin Sexton. And uh, he could be a one-trick pony who's scoring and hitting threes, but that has some value. Uh, worst pick, Thaddeus Young. Again, classic, like, oh, shit, I think I know Thaddeus Young. I think I remember him beast in the Celtics uh, with Indiana uh, every now and again. But now he's on Chicago. Chicago's going young. Chicago's got Wendell Carter. Um, Chicago's got, uh, Chicago's got um, Laurie Marshall. 
Markkanen. They're going in a different direction. So Thaddeus Young isn't going to get the minutes or time that he is uh, that that we've been used to in the past. Chris, this is where Chris should have tried somebody, maybe a Looney, maybe a Kuzma for that upside. Um, best case for Chris, all these boring old guys stay healthy and they compete. And Chris launches to a top five finish. LeBron doesn't take any days off. They're fighting for the one seed out there. He's trying to get Anthony Davis the MVP. John Collins is with an energized Atlanta team. Uh, Conley's fighting for a playoff spot out there with Utah. Hayward, not going to happen, but takes a step forward. Lou Williams gets his 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 buckets out there at the Clippers. And these and these boring old vets launch Chris to a four five spot in uh, in the playoffs. Um, I do like it. Um, his potential upside there. His uh, worst case scenario, um, all these boring old guys uh, lose their jobs or they regress. Um, Olenek, Ingles, they're, se- uh, you know, they're, they're uh, uh, seventh, seventh guys. They're, um, Avery Bradley loses his job to, to Pope, to Danny Green. You know, all these rotations are a mess. Hayward's not on the floor to close games. Um, Jared Allen loses his job to DeAndre Allen. So I think there's some chances there for Chris to just sort of have a really rough time with that mix of players and he could find himself out of the playoffs the wild card here gordon hayward i fucking hate the guy more than anything i hate stupid gordon hayward but um he could be good he could be good he could could easily go back to a 17 17 6 4 season all that could happen he brings his free uh, field goal percentage back up his free throws weren't great when he was younger but they've emerged they've come back better um i think the potential's there for him it's wide open people liked what he looked like um in the preseason in camp not that that matters but um, it, it, it can tell you something. It, it can tell you something if somebody's a disaster. So um, in the playoffs, locks. The, these are the eight locks for the playoffs. I shouldn't say locks. Like I said, 9-10 has some chances to flip around. But these are my locks. Um, oh, by the way, Chris is 9-1 nine, nine, uh, nine to, to win it all. 9-1 for Chris. Uh, in the playoffs, uh, Mike Beoworth, our first guy in, he's coming in at the eight spot. And um, first of all, I really like <laughs> Mike's name, Beer Buzz. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Mike's team name. Um, uh, Mike did some really good things. And uh, in the moment as the draft was going on, you knew he was having a good draft. He he was letting it come to him. He was picking some guys, and um, he's going to dominate a few categories: rebounds, assists, steals, potentially blocks, field goal percentage. I mean, he he's going to be tough to beat week in week out in those categories. It's going to be really good. Um, uh, it's going to be really good for him. And you know, all you need to all you need to win is five four in this. And uh, you know, you want to pile up some six three, um, seven two wins if you can. And he's going to be in a good position to do that. He's also going to get hurt in a few categories pretty big, so he may never win 9 nothing, 8 one but that doesn't matter. He's going to be here. He's going to be in the mix. Um, I believe if I did the math right, um, Mike has the most official starters of anyone on a fantasy team in our league. The only clear bench guy he has is Derrick Rose. Um, looks like Barton might come off the bench, but he might start some nights too. Len's going to start now. Ish Smith is going to start now. Joe Harris, Brandon Ingram's going to get a ton of minutes. So he's loaded. He's going to get minutes. His guys are going to play. That's going to help your counting stats. Um, so it's really good. He's got a lot of established starters, a lot of established minutes. And I like what he did. You know, even got little guys a little bit later, T, Gordon, guys like that. Just uh, good stuff there. The bad, feast or famine. 
Uh, Mike's going to get absolutely smacked in turnovers. He is going to he's going to take a beating in this category. Uh, Towns turns the ball over a lot for a big man. It's going to aggravate the shit out of Mike. Simmons, we know, um, turns the uh, is going to turn the ball over, so that's going to be rough for him. Brandon Ingram turns the ball over a little bit more than he should. Draymond, Draymond gets in that situation. He's handling the ball. He tries to make a crafty uh, uh, Draymond pass. But yeah, Mike's going to take a beating there. It's free throw percentage is not great, uh, not great at all. Simmons, we know is uh, Simmons, we know is a disaster. Gordon's not a great free throw, uh, free throw shooter. Weirdly, Ingram hasn't been great. Ish Smith has had some struggles. Draymond. So these guys are going to depress his numbers in those couple categories. And then his threes. He doesn't have a lights-out sniper. He's got a couple guys. Danny Green might get two a game. Joe Harris, two, two and a half. Towns. Towns is going to hit him threes. But then he's got some guys in there. Ish Smith, Derek Rose, Ben Simmons. It's a funny joke to make. Jeff Teague, Valanciunas. He's not one of the one of the new trendy stretch guys. These guys, none of them are going to get any sort of uh, threes for Mike. So he's going to be in a rough situation there. So he could have like a tough week where he loses 5-4, 6-3, something like that. Um, but he could flip it on the on the weekend last couple of nights and win 5-4. So uh, like I said, feast or famine for Mike. Um, his best pick, Alex Len, fucking awesome value in the 12th round. Alex Len had a crazy end of the year last year. He's stepping out. He hit a three a game. His rebounds are great. Um, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's awesome value. And now he's going to start, um, it looks like, there for Atlanta. His worst pick is Ben Simmons. I am not a Ben Simmons guy. I will say that up front. But Ben Simmons, fact, not opinion. He is not a second-round guy. He doesn't shoot threes. We just talked about his free throws, his turnovers. You know, and because of that, he's not going to get up to 20, 24 points a game, which some of these point guards do get up to. He's just not going to do it. And um, that stuff's really going to hurt Ben Simmons, and he just should not have gone in the second round. Um <clears throat> Especially when 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 Mike, if he was looking for a guy to pair with with Cat, he could have gone Mitchell, Fox, Paul, something like that. Best case, Mike rides his his top tier guys here. All these starters who do a little bit of everything to a top five finish. Maybe he's in the finals, something like that. So I see all of that is real potential um, for Mike in this situation, and I think he could be uh, he he could definitely see that best case scenario happen. Um, and then he gets some threes. Harris Green, they become special. They hit the threes that Mike needs, and Mike's rolling in a bunch of categories all year. Worst case, Simmons is even worse than he thought. He was bad in the playoffs. He'll stand there like a fucking dickhead in the dunker spot. Um, you not get any stats. He'll have to defer to different guys on the team. Even someone like Joshy Richardson's going to handle the ball. Horford's there now. Harris is going to have to get his touches. So he regressed. Mike has a bunch of weeks where he loses 5-4. Um, he struggles with some of those guys that, that are, are shaky starters. Don't necessarily take the leap. Green, Len, Harris, Ingram, these guys in here, Sadoransky, stuff like that. They don't do the things they do um, that Mike's hoping to do. And in the worst case, even in that situation, is Mike finishes out of the playoffs, but he's not near the bottom. Wild card for me, Draymond. Durant's gone. Clay's gone. The center situation is funky. Draymond's going to get a ton of minutes, and he needs to be defense uh, first Draymond. He needs to be that guy. Uh, he needs to be triple-double Draymond. 
I think there's a really good chance for it to happen, and I think he's going to play a huge role in Mike Raley emerging this year. Coming in at 7, who also had a good draft. Like I said, he could be 8, he could be 6, 5, 4, is our guy Paul LaMonica. Um, he had himself a really good draft. Um, Paul's top 5 is about as good as a top 5 as you could um, possibly pick in a league like this. He fills every category with his um, Antetokounmpo, Aiton, Markkanen, uh, Mitchell and Murray picks there is just really good stuff from Paul. He's going to be, like I just said about Mike, he's going to be competitive in every single solitary category. He is not taking a bath anywhere. Maybe a little bit in turnovers, maybe a little bit in blocks, maybe a little bit in threes, but even there, he's going to be competitive. He's going to beat a lot of us on some of those nights. So really, I loved what he did there. He's going to score. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to snatch balls, steals regularly. Not snatch testicles, but basketballs. His field goal percentage is going to be great. He's going to have the chance to have some huge win weeks. Some 8-1s. 9 nothing is tough to say, but he's going to have some 8-1s, 7-2s. He's going to look really good there. And then... Um, I like some of his worthy gambles late. You know, a uh, couple rookies and Garland and Clark. But even the, some of like those second, third year guys, I love Bogdanovich on Sacramento. I love him. He had an awesome summer um, with, the, with, the, with his national team. I think he's going to be great. I love what Deontay Murray can potentially do um, out there in San Antonio if he would just get unleashed by Pop. So I do. It's a great mix of established vets who are going to get an enormous amount of minutes per night um, mixed in with some good second-tier younger guys. The bad, he's really young. Paulie is really young, and like I've said before, it's uh, Young's asking a lot in these situations. Garland, Clark, Aiton, the two Murrays again. These guys, they could struggle. They could have some growing pains. All of that together, we saw Jamal Murray up and down. Um, what he's done in the past, then he's disappeared in playoff games. Um, uh, Jamal, that is. I'm not sure if I said Jamal. Darius Garland, you never know with a rookie point guard. Could be turning the ball over. He could have nights where he's 4 of 16 from the field with 9 turnovers. Um, he could be an absolute disaster. So I think some of those chances are rough there. Um, and then, unlike Mike Beerworth's team, Paul has some guys here who are in situations of a little too much shared minutes. Tice, Dragic, Thompson, Porter. These guys are all going to share time. They're going to split time. And it could really depress some of Paulie's stats. Um, Paulie's best pick, um, Bogdanovich. I just said it. And this is Bogdan, not Bojan. Hold on, a little sip of water. Mm. In round eight, this was just a great pick right here. I touched on him a minute ago, but if he is healthy, he's going to get big minutes. Um, there was some talk that healed maybe was going to be frustrated and ask for a trade, but he just signed a contract, big contract there. So that's not going to happen, but Bogdanovich is still going to see plenty of minutes. And he does a lot in a lot of categories. He's a fun guy to own. He could score 26 points with three threes, five assists, four boards, a steal, and a block. Um, he does some cool things. Um, the worst pick, Larry Nance. Uh, it's tough to be in a fantasy league with a guy who doesn't score. I know I'm just saying the praises of Draymond Green, but Larry Nance just doesn't score. He bricks free throws. He's going to have weird fucking minutes in Cleveland. No one knows what's going on over there. No one knows how they're going to split up time. Is Kevin Love, is everything going to run through Kevin Love? So does that reduce some of the touches of guys like Nance, of guys like Tristan Thompson? You know, all that together, it's just going to be confusing. It was just 
just too high. I mean, I don't hate Larry Nance. I just wish Paulie waited on him in that situation. If I were him, I would have went one of the other bigs, Wendell Carter, Derek Favors, Zach Collins. Um, I think they have more upside than, than Larry Nance. Best case. Paul rolls for some big wins. He's got those eight two seven. Uh, I'm sorry, eight one seven twos. I was talking about Deontay Garland and Clark all come through. They uh, they have huge years. Even a guy like Brandon Clark, like I, he had a great preseason. Uh, he, I like what he can potentially do. Summer league, skittish feely. He had a huge summer league, so maybe he does well there. Um, so I think that that's a best case for Paul, um, and he finds himself fighting for a day of free drinks. It chilies. Um, speaking of which, we have to move it around. I know April vacation, la- uh, last day before that, that's tough for people. So fuck that noise. We'll do it the next one. First day in May, you coaches, you know, just make the head coaches and shit do the work and you come there for a drink. So we'll talk more about that. Um, anyways, Paul rolls and he's there. He's in a position fighting for that. Um, worst case, that bottom tier of, of Paul's team that I'm talking about is weird and splitting minutes. They uh, they have a hard time coming through for Pauly, and Pauly can't find anything on the waiver wire, and he finishes out of the playoffs, which is why I have him at 7 when I thought about having him up at more like 4 or 3. Uh, the wild card, Darius Garland. Um, I know this is a lot. I hate these uh, I hate these conversations. Cliche time! But is uh, Darius Garland, is he Donovan Mitchell 2.0? Um, is he Kyrie? We've heard the whispers about Kyrie, blah, 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 this and that. I don't think Darius Garland is Kyrie. I don't think that at all. Um, I, I bet he thinks the, the, the world is round. Um, but I do think that there is some potential for Garland to really pop. Maybe like a Donovan Mitchell. And if you remember that a couple of years ago, those were some uh, exciting times. But Paul's going to need his threes and going to need his assists. Coming in at sixth place. Um, managing his draft like he's managing comeback wins versus Ipswich would be Pat LaMusta. Pat, like Mike and like Paul, I could have went in a couple of different directions. Um, here, he had himself a really, really nice draft as well. His top seven players are really solid. Love Porzingis, Booker, Walker, Bridges, Ubre, guys like that. Can even drop Ibaka, Smart in there. He has a really good group of, of uh, top players who can fill a number of categories. You know, um, Walker, Booker, these guys stuff threes. They stuff points. They're going to get assists. They're great from the free throw line. By being on the floor a lot, they're going to get steals. They could bring a little from the floor, but still, that's okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, the combination of Love and Porzingis, like these two guys here together, they are going to hit threes. They're going to get some rebounds. They're going to score. You know, there's a lot of questions there with their health, and those are some big gambles, which is probably why I moved Pat down a little, but there's real potential there for those guys to be um, to be uh, solid as fuck. And then I love his mid-tier gambles. I love Kelly Oubre, maybe because he uh, carried me to a title in my big $500 uh, team draft last year. He was great, but he's weird. All of a sudden, there's be some night where he goes like 19 and 10 with like three steals and two blocks, and you're like, what the fuck, Kelly Oubre? Um, but he's out of Washington now, and he's in a good spot in Phoenix. <clears throat> I love I love what he can do there. And even Abaka, Smart, and Gay, these guys are all going to tr- contribute. Abaka's going to hit threes. He's going to block some shots. Smart's going to get some steals. Rudy Gay, you know, he's going to fill a couple categories. All of a sudden, Rudy Gay's going to get 11 boards one night. Those things are really helpful. Um, <clears throat> so the bad, like I said, the back half of the roster here um, for uh, for uh, Pat LaMusta. Everybody would really like St. John's preps via, where is he from? Is he from Arlington, Packing 
Naughton. Shout out to Arlington, Spy Ponders. Uh, you know, a lot of my family's from Arlington. But why is Pat Connaughton rostered? Why is he on a team? Nerland's Noel. What does Pat just want to stack his team with with unbelievable prep and high school players from Massachusetts? Um, you know, where's uh, I, I can't think of a name off the top of my head here. Where's uh, where's the guy who became like that drug addict? Ah, whatever. But yeah, these are the guys that uh, Pat should have been stacking on his team here. I'm sorry, should not have been stacking on his team here, and yet he is. These guys won't pop. They won't provide anything, and you need these guys at the back of your bench. Pat would have been way better off taking Jared Allen, Alex Len, and um, and uh, even even someone like Kent Bazemore. He's splitting time. Jay Crowder. I mean, Jay Crowder, what's he going to do for you at this point? Memphis is going to go young. They're going to have some funky rotations. Um, and then the Porzingis love. They're just two huge injury risks. Um, the best pick here uh, for sure is um, Kelly Oubre. Um, I love him. He's going to be awesome when, when uh, now that he's on the Suns. And then small forwards, weirdly hard to fill. So I talked about Oubre. Worst pick, Porzingis. Fucking Porzingis. Fuck you, the unicorn. Fuck him. Um, interesting thing, take out blocks, and he's a ninth-round player. He's 7'4", and he doesn't fucking rebound. His free throws fucking suck. You know, he's a guy who shoots, and his free throws are awful. His field goals are terrible for a big, because he's 7'4", and hanging out at the fucking three-point line. God, I hate Porzingis. Um, best place, Pat is playing for a championship. Oubre and Bridges jump. Booker becomes All-NBA, and is a top three or five scorer again I know that's aggressive but uh but Pat's there playing for the championship um uh and and uh and then some of his mid-tier boring guys smart gay Abaka, they all contribute worst case love gets hurt Porzingis walks out on the court pulls down his pants and takes a massive fucking shit and he's out and then Walker regresses and um Pat is out of the playoffs wild card Bridges he's a trendy pick everybody loves him um, can he be a reason light? We'll see. We'll see. Hold on for the. All right, let's get right to it. Um, part two, the remainder of our draft. We're moving into the top five teams. We just went number six with um, Pat Lamusta. These top, these next few teams here, I call them the competing for a title group. And uh, the first team absolutely competing for a title. And um, after uh, Beer Buzz, um, I don't know, Curtis's team name is pretty good, though, too. Might have my personal favorite team name in um, Trust the Process. Loving that name. That'll be our guy, John Bacopoulos, um, who is without a doubt <clears throat> the um, best coach in the Linfield High School um, basketball program. At worst, he's the third best, um, you know, and. And I think it's pretty easy to do a rank order there. But me, you know, I put him the best solely because of his all-black outfits. Um, anyways, John had himself a nice draft. He was talking a little bit too much shit for my liking um, in thinking how good he was because he's going to struggle in a couple categories. But then he is absolutely going to beast a couple of other categories. Uh, so let's start uh, with the good. John has great depth, tremendous depth. His Jokic, Aldridge, Young, Rogier, Harris, that like combination there with, with mixing in with Tucker, Saric, Fournier, Wiggins, even though I think he stinks, he's going to start, he's going to play. Like Jalen Brown, Redick, there's a lot of depth there. There's a lot of guys who do a bunch of things really, really well. And he has 10 starters on his team, not as good as uh, Mike Beerworth. 
but um, definitely he's he's going to do a bunch there that's really successful. Um, he did the which I like. He did the good combination of old and young, um, uh, solid established guys with a few mixed in potential guys who could really pop. Um, and like we talked about with Mike Beerworth, John's going to assault a couple categories. Absolutely fucking smoke. Points, threes, assists, free throw percentage. That's a great core of four right there. It's going to be tough to beat him any in any of those situations. He's going to rebound the ball too. Um, so he's going to be in a position where he's never going to get blown out. Um, I liked a couple of his late gambles. I liked them a lot. He gambled on uh, Malik Monk, who he was really high about uh, on, I know. I love Evan Fournier. Boring, but he's going to start. He's going to get some threes, going to play, get some steals. Wiggins stinks, but, like, whatever. He could put up 20 points on that team in Minnesota. No Jimmy Butler. You know, they have Carl Anthony Towns and not much after that. So how does he fit? Uh, how does he figure in? Uh, Caldwell Pope. Caldwell Pope, you know, it's an odd team out there, but someone's going to have to emerge as the third banana on that team, especially with Kuzma out. Is it Danny Green? Is it Rajon Rondo? I don't know. Is Is it KCP? Is it Avery Bradley? It could be any one of those guys, so a solid, solid gamble there. On the other side of that, anytime you stack your team up uh, in a few categories, you're going to take a bath in a few others. So John is in a real tough position um, in a few categories, and that's what uh, is is looking like the bad for him. He's going to get pummeled in field goal percentage. Um, basically, it's going to look like uh, you know the the pioneers versus uh, new mission. Um, he's going to be absolutely disgusting some nights, and you know maybe he's punting it, but he might get nowhere um, there. A guy like uh, Terry Rogier, Trey Young, these guys are going to be disasters from the field. P.J. Tucker fucking sucks. Sarich, Redick, um, they, t- they put up a lot of shots. Fournier, uh, Wiggins, these guys all shoot a ton and don't shoot at 48 or 49%. They shoot at 42, 43, 44 in their best at some nights. And that's really going to put John in a tough position in field goal percentage. Um, he's got no one on his team really to get the defensive stats, blocks, and steals. His only guy who's, who averaged a blo- uh, more than a block a game is Aldridge. Jokic is a great player, but he's offense first. I think we all know that. Um, despite the fact that his defense is improving, he's not a huge blocks guy, and he doesn't have a huge steals guy on his team. He has no one who projects to even get two per game, so he's really going to struggle in a few of those categories. And then, uh, you know, when you got some young guards on your team, guys with the ball in their hand, young Rogier, um, um, uh, uh, Monk, you know, you got got guys like this on your team. They're going to turn the ball over a lot too. So he's going to be in a rough position in a few of those categories and um, then afterwards I just think he's going to have some rebounding problems after Jokic and uh, and LaMarcus Aldridge you know um, Tobias Harris is going to take a huge dip um, out there in in, in Philly with just too many people getting rebounds and then the bottom of his bench he's got a lot of swing men who just don't don't just don't translate and aren't going to get a lot of threes in those situations I'm sorry rebounds in those situations Um, Johnny's best pick Terry Rogier in the fifth I know he's just uh, shitting on him, but he has been absolutely awesome in the preseason. There's no one on that team. He's going to chuck. He's going to get the counting stats. He's going to hit threes. He is going to get assists. And um, I think he'll finish higher than some guys who were drafted 
if they weren't before him, they all were around him and Bledsoe, Morant, Murray, like these guys, uh, Rogier's going to be better than him. And uh, shout out to you, Scott. I know how much you like Rogier. Um, but that's that's a fact. The big contract, he's ready to go. Charlotte's got nothing. No one's excited about that team. And he's just going to pile up stats on a bad team. Worst pick, just kind of touched on him, Tobias Harris. It's just too much there. Embiid, um, Horford, um, uh, Simmons. Like I said, even Joshie Richardson's going to have the ball in his hand a little bit. Um, is Tobias Harris going to take a dribble this year? Will the ball hit the floor with it in his hands? Or is he just going to be getting um, you know, corner threes and uh, and trying to pick up um, grimy points on the offensive end? Um, he's never been much of a defense guy. He's gotten his, his stats out of being a rebounder out of the small forward spot and a scorer and he's not going to do either of those things. It's going to be a big change coming for him. Big regression coming. Um, I wish John saw that. The best case is uh, Johnny's getting all the chips and salsa he can eat. Um, he is deaf in the mix for a title. Um, and guys like uh, guys like newly contracted Jalen Brown, Dario Saric, Malik Monk, all of these guys take a step forward. You know, there's some opportunity for a guy that, uh, there like Saric. There's an opportunity for Jalen Brown with the uh, with our guy Kyrie out of town. Um, there's an opportunity for Malik Monk on that shitbag Charlotte team to get some counting stats here. So can those guys do it for him? Um, I think there's potential for it. Um, I think there's potential for it. And right now. I I have John um, definitely competing for the title, definitely competing for winning the whole thing. Uh, I picked him fifth, could go in any direction, but I like his upside. I just think a little bit of the guys he took later in his draft are what's going to end up fucking him. And just those, you know, when you're in the playoffs and you're really punishing yourselves in a few categories, you're just ripe for having an off week and having a 5-4 loss, 6-3 loss, something like that. Um uh, worst case for John, uh, the Trey Young hype train comes to a crashing halt, sort of like, sort of like that crash in the Fugitive. Dating myself here, some of you guys might not have even been born. Right off the rails, Trey Young goes. That whole thing's a mess over there. Then those three guys I just mentioned, Brown, Sarich, and Monk, they don't pop. They all fucking suck like they very much may do. Um, Fournier and Redick uh, regress in new roles. Um, they could be six men. They could be seventh men. They don't get the touches that they got in past situations. And John finds himself out of the playoffs. John's wild card, Trey Young. He's got to explode. It's that simple. The word is out. The excitement is out. The buzz is out. Can Trey Young go 24-10? That is a big fucking ask, I know. But again, super cliche time. Uh, you know, when you talk about numbers like that. But, you know, does he go 23 and a half, nine? Something like that. That's what he needs Trey Young to do. We've heard the Curry uh, whispers, the Curry comparisons. That's just stupid. Curry averages five threes a game. Trey Young does not. He might average half of that. So, uh, so that's aggressive, but he needs him to be a wild card. Coming in at number four. One of our other guys in the history department who had himself a real nice draft, Dave Forster. Um, man, it's pretty simple with Dave. All you got to do is take a look at his team. Fucking wagon city if these injuries come through here. And um, already a bad report from Steve Kerr today about Clay, uh, Clay Thompson. Um, you know, I think Dave is, uh, you know, is he going to be a drop? Is Dave hiding him out um, or right now? Oh, it looks like he dropped him as I sit here. Um, but so that's tough. It's tough to not have a guy in that situation. But 
NBA is weird with injuries. Does Paul George come back quicker than we think? Does Kyle Kuzma come back quicker than we think? You just don't know in these situations. There's not a lot of information out there about these guys, but then you never know. All of a sudden, they just show up and play. That happened a few years ago with Westbrook, who was supposed to be out for three months with a knee and was back in four games. Um, so Dave could be great there. Even so, even you know separate of those injuries, he's got himself in a spot where he's not weak in any area. Um, he's got a few spots where you know he's trending down a little bit but he's not going to get hammered in any spot really maybe short of field goal percentage he's going to take a, a beating there but his defensive stats he's going to steal the ball he's going to get fucking blocks he's going to hit his free throws he's going to get threes he's going to get assists Dave team is in um, a really good situation not being weak in any of those uh, um, any of those categories and then just like the top of his lineup is it's tough there are just some guys who contribute Anthony Davis Paul George when he comes back Rocco Miles da- uh, My- Miles Davis um, Miles Turner Kyle Lowry Al Horford these guys are just solid they play minutes they fill the, uh, multiple categories and and Dave did a really good job with those guys um, the bad really easy the injury situation we already know about uh, Clay and that bad report from Steve Kerr but Paul George double shoulder surgery. That's weird. What if he can't come back from that? Kyle Kuzma, who knows with with that injury. That could be a real tough situation um, uh, for him. And again, I know that's lazy um, to talk about about injuries because we could all have injuries. Um, But Davis's injury history is a little rough. It's actually a little overrated. He's played a lot of games, but he has minor nicks um, here and there. And so uh, I do think Dave also separative injuries he's a little light at the point guard spot he's gonna chuck um so his field goal percentage is gonna be down so that's the one category that I think he's gonna take a little bit of a hit in and then you know as good as Davis is and as good as Miles Turner are um uh, Miles Turner doesn't grab a ton of rebounds he's never been a 10 guy he's more like a seven more like an eight Horford's numbers are down so could Dave have used one more big there who gets those rebounds who gets those blocks even though Davis and um, Turner are going to make up for for the blocks for sure. Um, His best pick, Kyle Lowry. I fucking love Kyle Lowry. He is a beast. Um, Leonard's gone. Danny Green's gone. He's going to be the head of the snake out there. It's awesome awesome value in the fifth round. His usage is going to jump. He's got to stay healthy, but, man, he's going to lead We the North, and that team's still going to be decent. Um, and they're going to be in games, and they're going to be. He's going to get 33, 34 minutes a night. I like Kyle Lowry. Uh, he should not have gone in the fifth round. Worst pick. Speaking of We the North, uh, Fred Van Vliet. Everyone's remembering those playoff games, those big threes, this and that. Holy shit! Look at Fred Van Vliet. I remember him from the fucking March Madness tournament. Um, he's not that good. Um, he might not start all the time. They're going to have some weird rotations there uh, with, with Powell and Ananubi. And um, when you have guys like that, Van Vliet could have some really gross six-two-three nights. And um, I just think Dave should have went in a different direction with a more solid um, point guard in that situation uh, or a guard. Uh, you know, Harris, Rubio, Sadoransky, one of those guys. Um, best place for Dave Championship City baby uh, Paul George and Kyle Kuzma come back Davis Turner and Horford anchor the whole squad um, Dave gets something out of that back of his rookie gamble Culver White they both were the two best looking guys after Zion in the preseason they looked fucking awesome so Dave's going to need something there out of those guys and uh, but he's going to be in the mix he's got a real good team worst case 
George takes too long to get back. Davis becomes Glass Joe again. And while Dave waits for everybody to come back, he just falls too far behind. He's out of it, and he finds himself um, not only out of fourth place, but out of the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen to Dave, but there's always a potential of something like that happening. Um, wild card for Davey, uh, Derek White. He had another guy with an awesome summer, um, and I need uh, Popovich to just unleash him because, uh, again, cliche time. Um, he could be mono 2.0. You know, he does a lot of things. He's not a huge assist guy, but he's going to be good. He's going to get rebounds. He's not a huge threes guy, but he could get better at it. Steals blocks. He could get two a game, and he shoots effectively from the floor. So um, if Derek White is good, so be Dave. Coming in at number three, yet another guy hanging out up there in the 300 hallway teaching kids how to run real fast and jump real high. That is Adam Delaria. Adam is absolutely loaded um, at the top of his draft and he did a great job like a couple of us not so much making reaches but just letting guys um, come to him and letting him make some great picks. It's unbelievable how good his field goal percentage, blocks, and rebounds are going to be. And even, uh, you know, fourth tier is points. But his blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage, none of us are going to fucking beat him in there. So he's going to have three categories every week where it's almost going to be impossible to beat him unless he has some funky thing going on with the number of games. Um, but in addition to that, he's just got a balanced team with no major problems. We'll get to free throws in a minute. His assists could be a little bit down. He doesn't necessarily have a dynamic set of point guards. He's got dynamic scoring guards, but not huge assist guys. So he could be a little rough there. But even then, those are some 7-2 wins. Those are some 6-3 wins that Adam's going to have. And um, then, like I've been talking about the gambles, the gambles you got to make, he made some really, really good gambles. Dwight Powell, like, you know, he's going to get minutes out there on Dallas. Sure. Porzingis is in his way, but they're both going to be on the court at the same time. I fucking love his Marvin Bagley um, gamble. I love Terrence Ross running the second unit off the Orlando bench, bombing three, scoring, getting a few rebounds, getting a few assists. I love that pick right there. I love his Gary Harris pick. Gary Harris, two years removed from being a top 50 player. Granted, he sucked last year. Granted, Denver's a funky place um, uh, with their rotations, but I love it. Same with Jeremy Grant. Might start over Millsap. These are good gambles. Just a great mix um, from Adam. Uh, so he's going to be really good. And uh, like I said, you know, the top of that, that Capella-Gobert favors uh, Bagley thing. Look out for him in a few categories. Field goals, blocks, rebounds. He's just going to kick our fucking ass. Um, the bad. When you mention Clint Capella and Rudy Gobert on the same team, you will have a black hole um, at the free throw percentage category. It's going to be a disaster. You throw Derek Favors in there, and it's going to be even worse. So uh, Adam's going to be taking a hard fucking loss in uh, free throw percentage every week, but that's okay. Maybe you punt that, and maybe you're fine. You're in a you're in a, um, a pretty good situation. As I mentioned before, the point guard situation after Lillard is a little light. I like D'Angelo Russell, um, but, uh, you know, it could be weird on Golden State. He's looked great so far, but his assist numbers might not be huge. They, he might be really good as a secondary ball handler, but still, I would have liked maybe if Adam grabbed himself one more point guard on the back half of his roster there. Speaking of the back half of his roster, it is a little light. Um, 
that thigh hole, Jabari Parker, one of the worst players in basketball, um, uh, Landry uh, Landry Shamit, is he going to play, um, or is he going to be coming off the bench out there in, in L.A.? You know, there's going to be a lot of guys getting touches there. I don't love um, some of the guys at the back of his roster. Again, are they potential good gambles? Sure, but I would have liked if Adam mixed in something else there, and maybe he would have been in a little bit of a different spot. And then up in the air, clearly up in the air is the Oladipo return. No news on that guy, and uh, you know how long can Adam go weathering that storm? His best pick, Clint Capella, in the fourth round. It's fucking pissed me off that he was still there. Um, the guy might return second round value. I don't buy the Westbrook thing for a second. I don't buy that he's going to steal rebounds, snatch rebounds whatever you want to say that's just that's just not true he's he's gonna have a great year um his worst pick by far fucking harrison barnes is harrison barnes the worst olympic player ever outside of when they carried college players harrison barnes sucks um, he, he, he literally does one category and that score points and he doesn't even do that well. He has no idea how to pass. I mean, has he even passed? His field goal percentage is disgusting. I fucking hate Harrison Barnes. Um, Adam's going to hate him too. He's going to think he fucking sucks. Um, best case, um, winner, easy. Lock it down for Adam. He's going to be in the mix here. He is going to be riding the bust-out Marvin uh, Marvin Bagley. I almost called him Marvin Hagler. The bust-out Marvin Bagley year. And he's going to get a bounce back from Gary Havers. Um, and uh, and he's going to be the champion here. Gobert, Capella are going to fucking cause nightmares for people. Um, Lillard, Russell are just going to be consistent. Good. Solid. Adam's going to be a pain in the ass to beat. Uh, worst case... Oladipo never returns. D'Angelo takes a weird step back. Maybe he records a conversation about a teammate or something like that. And then that skank bench I just mentioned is even skankier than we talked about. Maybe skank like, well, this is a podcast. I won't make skank comparisons. Um, But anyways... Uh, he could be a mess, and uh, that could be really rough uh, for D'Angelo if that doesn't go right there. So still think Adams in the playoffs, still think he's going to be great, but I think he could have a first-round playoff loss if things go poorly. His wild card, Marvin Bagley. I know we keep talking about the John Collins jump. I'm just using that because it's last year. Is it the Chris Bosh jump? We could call it that from a couple years ago. Does uh, Marvin, Marvin Bagley go to 20-10? and 10? I mean, 19-10 and 10 certainly in play, but if he does that, man, Fucking look out for Adam's team. Uh, Second place, yeah, I'm the guy doing the podcast. Yeah, I'm the guy who drafted my team. So thus, I like my team. Um, Is there some bias here? I'd like to say yes. uh, But I do this in some other leagues. I picked myself fourth, uh, third. A couple years ago, I had myself in seventh, uh, uh, finished in sixth. So I, I try not to be overly biased here. But um, I just got bad news for you guys. My team's fucking good. Um, it's real good. Uh, my 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 scoring's insane. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really really good. Um, the the Zion injury is seriously hurting me. But my scoring's gonna be awesome. Uh, my rebounds, my steals, my blocks, my field goal percentage, all of that stuff is um, is is looking like there's gonna be a really good return on that. My assists. And just by extension, like some of the other teams we mentioned, I'm just not taking a beating in any category, and I'm going to be hanging around in so many categories because of that. But I'm absolutely going to fill the stat sheet um, in a few areas. 
And, uh, and you know, again, I, I, I tried my best not to reach for anybody. But, like, you know, the Harden, Paul, Kyrie, these guys, yeah, Harden takes a ton of shots. But, like, they don't kill your percentages. Uh, uh, Paul and Kyrie's field goal percentage is okay. Their free throw percentage is awesome. So, um, you know, it's going to come down to can I get some big good play out of my bigs? Um, Bryant, Whiteside, Carter, Looney, like these guys, I'm going to need them to get rebounds, to block shots. I'm going to need them to be there. Um, and then I have a weirdly underrated bench with some guys who are going to play. Chetty Osman, boring. Davis Bertans, boring. Dwayne Bacon, boring. Kyle Anderson, boring. But these guys are all going to play. They're all going to fill the stat sheet. I'm not that worried about my bench. And I think I'm going to be able um, to overcome the big thing, which leads to my bad, the Zion injury. Is this foreshadowing? Could it all go awry? Could Hardy not 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 mesh with Westbrook? Is Kyrie going to do Kyrie fucking things? Is SGA worth the hype? Is, is Chris Paul going to be managed as they try to trade his ass? Thomas Bryant, you know, who the fuck knows who he is? I've already mentioned fat fuck Hassan Whiteside. So all of this could go south really quickly. And as sexy as that roster looks still a lot of questions on that roster right there. When you talk about Bryant, when you talk about Whiteside, there was a question about Williamson. Zion, it's been answered. He's fucking hurt. He's out for 30 games. A disaster for my squad. So um, that's trending in a poor direction. Uh, So do all those questions become um, negative answers? And I am out of of the playoffs. I still think I'll be there and I still think I'll be competing, but it could easily go wrong. My best pick, Chris Paul, fourth round. What do you want me to say? Veteran bias. Um, he could really kill it in OKC. Um, you know, what's the guy going to do? Not play? Because, like, he doesn't want to be there. They might trade him. Nah, they're not going to do that. He's going to play. He's going to get minutes. He's going to score. He's going to get assists. Um, and, and yeah, he, he could he could do really well there. And I'm excited about it. And he shouldn't have been there in the fourth round. Worst pick, Norman Powell? Fucking, did I mean Dwight Powell? Did I mean Boog Powell? Did I mean Norman fucking Bates? Why did I pick Norman Powell, a guy riding the bench in Toronto, who's uh, who's going to be behind, you know, three or four or five guys in terms of 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 uh, touches and in terms of um, in terms of uh, you know minutes on the floor? Just a fucking god awful pick by me. What a fucking asshole. Um, Best case, my trio of guards up there at the top, Harden, Irving, Paul, they all they all come together with my undervalued big man of Brian, Whiteside, Carter, Looney, um, these guys, uh, even Bertans, these guys all come together and carry me to a title in the counting categories. I think there's real possibility for it. When you have cliche time, cheat code James Harden, Nintendo James Harden, um, he does a lot of things to help your team get going in the right direction. Um, So I think that's the best case for me. Worst case, I said it, Zion is a harbinger of things to come. Kyrie's fucking face hurts, vagina hurts. Paul's trade fucks everything up. They sit him out for a bunch of games. Whiteside is Hassan the fat ass. And all of this, you know, has me either out of the playoffs or in a one and done, you know, get losing to Mike or Chris or any of those guys who could jump uh, easily above me in, in, uh, in the first round. Wild card for me. It's been answered. It was Zion. He was the wild card, and now he is out for 30 games. So that is looking 
pretty wild, if you ask me. Uh, but I still like myself to overcome. Next man up, right, Mike? Um, gets us to the champ. The champ, the only guy we haven't mentioned, the guy who's clearly done his work when it comes to fantasy leagues. He knows how to draft. He did some preparation. He's happy about his team. He managed his team like he's managing that fucking bio lab. He's just got Bunsen burners and beakers and kids paired up in groups. And Ethan just dominated that shit like a scientist fucking dominating a draft. And um, he's going to come in first. That's my prediction. Ethan Blanchett is the champ. And um, there are a few reasons for this. The It begins with what is Ethan's insane depth. Um, like I mentioned about Mike, um, Ethan's entire roster is either a starter or maybe like a potential starter in a certain situation. From Steph Curry all the way down to the guy he just picked up, IT. These guys all may start during some point of the year. Jamichael Green, even his shit pick of Robert Robert Williams, okay? Robert Williams is gonna play. We've heard this. He's gonna start. What if he emerges? Just just some great picks here all around um, by Ethan. And um, um, some of his middle-tier guys that he has, Siakam, Porter, Lopez, Bledsoe, these guys contribute in multiple categories. They're pains in the ass to play every night. Siakam, Porter, they do a million different things. Bledsoe, he's a shit turd in the playoffs, but then all of a sudden he turns it on in the regular season. They're going to contribute in multiple categories. And then, let's not forget, this could be the Steph Curry third MVP year. He could go fucking bananas with 33 a game, five and a half threes a game, seven assists. It could be a wild year for one Steph Curry. Um, and you get the sense that it's sort of marinating there. Um, there's just no real weakness on Ethan's team. Um, you know, the only thing you could potentially say is that maybe his second point guard pairing um, with Curry in Bledsoe might might depress some of his assists a little bit there. Um, you know, because neither one neither one is one of those nine assist guys. Could hurt their turnovers a little. Curry loves to turn the ball over. So does Bledsoe. So there are a few categories that Ethan will be a little dicey in, but he's not going to get swamped in. He's going to be in them every week. Um, the bad, uh, I just said it. The point guard, the secondary point guards are a little weak. And um, also the free throw percentage, while it won't be atom levels, uh, it's going to be pretty soul-crushing with um, a guy like Andre Drummond and uh, a guy like JaVale McGee on your team breaking up free throws. Robert Williams, P.J. Washington. These guys are terrible from the line. And uh, so that's really going to hurt um, Ethan in some situations. But then he did a good job. Brooke Lopez can shoot threes. Otto Porter, I mean, free throws. Otto Porter can. Obviously, Curry can. He does it a smaller volume, which which depresses the value of that. But, um, but that, that, you know, while it's a weakness, it's still minor. Um, the end of the bench may be a little bit of a weakness. I don't like Robert Williams because of the 14 minutes he's going to play. Jamichael Green, does he play 21 minutes? We don't know what's going on with uh, with with Rui Hachimura. Um, you know, what's he going to do? His minutes are projected high. Um, but, you know, again, we don't know in certain situations how these guys are going to close games, what are the rotations going to be. They're worthy gambles, but they could all stink. 
Ethan's best pick, um, Brookie Lopez. Not only is Brook Lopez a Star Wars fan, but um, coming in in the sixth round, he's just great. He scores. He hits threes. He's going to get some blocks for you. He's a seven-footer who fucking won't kill you in free throws. He's just boring but solid. Just boring but solid. He's a nice guy to plug in in that second center spot, that utility spot, anything like that. So good move there by Ethan. His worst pick, Tyler Harrow. Sorry, I'm just not buying it. There were so many swingmen available here. I've talked a little bit about the Miami situation um, that makes me nervous. I will say there is a personal bias for me about overhyped um, white-ass swingmen who come in uh, to the NBA. Is this guy Adam Morrison? I don't think so. Um, I know he's had a good preseason. I know his release, his shot. I know all that looks really good. But... um, Hello, Sam Decker. Uh, Sam Decker 2.0 is coming up here with our guy, Tyler Harrow. Uh, Best case, easy, winner, winner. Bud Light's on all of us, Ethan. And uh, fuel up on chips. And uh, there you go. You're hoisting a nice T-shirt that we got you. I'll make sure it's extra small so that it clings to you nicely. I just don't see Ethan losing many categories. I don't see him losing many nights week to week. He's too strong in too many places. And um, Ethan is going to be the champ in the best case. His worst case, he's going to be in the playoffs. But there's a few question marks. What if Golden State is out? What if Golden State tanks down to the 10th spot? The West, we know, is going to be a a fucking mess. Does Curry sit at the end of the year? Does Curry sit come playoff time? It can get funky. Um, Bledsoe had a little bit of a rough playoff. Is he going to bounce back? He's starting off the year hurt. Like I said, when you have that little bit of a void at the point guard spot, it can really, really hurt your team. So... Ethan's in, but could he have a first-round exit to somebody like Pat, to somebody like Paul, somebody like Chris, Mike, Dave even, maybe a second-round exit? I think that's the worst case um, for Ethan in this situation. Um, the wild card for me, uh, um, uh, for Ethan, is um, you know he's got a couple of wild cards on his team, so I just sort of rolled it together. But I just said uh, his, his mid-tier guys. Are these guys all going to bring in what they're supposed to bring in? Bridges, Bledsoe, Porter, Lopez. You know, you roll the dice when you have mid-tier guys like this because even a little regression from an auto Porter. You know, what if Chicago decides they don't want him in the rotation? Even a little regression from Bledsoe. He had funky shit go on when he was with the Suns. Things like that. Mikhail Bridges doesn't emerge. What do you do in those situations? So I sort of rolled those guys together for Ethan and said his wild card were those mid-tier veterans that he's got on his squad. There it is, boys. 14 through 1. Polly, Curtis, Scott, I love you guys tremendously. I'll buy you a shot. I don't think you're going to be in it. Um, Ethan, I hate you tremendously. Adam, I hate you equally. Uh, but unfortunately, I think you drafted well, and I think you're going to be champs. So... That is all, gentlemen. Thus wraps up what it will be a lengthy uh, two-part podcast for you. Hope you enjoyed it. Scott, Mike, Bill, hope you know how to work podcasts. G-Money is out.